Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Well, thank you for watching us. Lord, we say thanks for being glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you have your way. Lord, we pray that you would honor yourself this evening. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen, amen, amen in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's have our seat, please. Sorry, we don't have the slides displayed, but um, um, I don't know if they can share it on the church chat so that people would be able to have a, a view of it. Amen. So, as we, we started last week, when we talked about the pillars for the new year. The pillars for the new year. And we, we spoke about a couple of things. And I'm just going to just, we're just going to just start off with it as the word. We, 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 would, we will concentrate on the word aspect of it. So, amen, it has been a wonderful day. Hallelujah. So, the Bible says that um, when we look at Acts chapter 6, from verse 2 to 4, the Bible says, So 12 disciples gathered all together and, and said, It is not right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. So, in verse 4, they now went on and said, we would pay attention to the ministry of the word. We would pay attention to the ministry of the word. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. He said, we will give attention to the ministry of to prayer and to the word. So, basically, what they're saying is that we would ensure that the pillars of the church remains the word and prayer. We, we, we would not be distracted by anything. We would not be distracted by anything. So when we look at this, we begin to, we should, you know, it, it should, it's important that we appreciate that, you know, this, these two things remains the pillar of what God wants us to do. Now, the Bible says that we are priests in, in, in the sight of God. And when we now go to 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 2 to 5, the Bible says, As newborn babies desire the milk, the pure milk of the word of God, that you may grow. So that means that if we don't have access to the pure milk of the word of God, your growth as a Christian is, is going to be challenged. We said this last week that we said the Bible says pure milk. That means that there are milk that will be milk that will not be pure. There will be milk that will not be pure. It will still be milk, but it is diluted. There's a version that says, seek the undiluted milk of the word of God. The Bible says, the Bible now goes on and it says in verse 4, it said, coming 
to him as a living stone, coming coming to him coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men but chosen by God. The Bible now went on and said, "You also, as living stone, are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood." So that means that. In the journey of your priesthood as a Christian, having access to undiluted milk of God is important. Then you now go to the verse with everybody normally quotes, which is verse 9 of 1 Peter chapter 2, from verse 9 and 10. The Bible says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a holy nation, to proclaim the praise of him that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So basically, for you to be able to be able to come into that priesthood which God has called you, you it, is, it is important that you have access to the undiluted word of God. That you have access to the undiluted word of God. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says, you know, as we has has we as we read on, you begin to see that you you begin to see that you know as we as we begin to look read on one of the things I want to just point out to us is that yes, the Bible talks about the word of God, that it is important. But there, are, there is a way by which you approach the word of God and is able to, to influence your life. Ezra chapter 7 verse 10. The Bible says that for Ezra had devoted himself to the study one and observation of the law of God. And to teach Israel his decrees. So when Ezra wanted to approach the word of God, the Bible says he devoted himself. Devote means that you are you you are giving yourself in order to, to learn. And the aim of your learning is to do. So, as we begin to look at, I'm sorry, you know, it's, it's quite a challenge that with the, the, the projector is kind of gone funny this morning. But, you know, the, the, I just wanted to point out those things to us. Devoting yourself to the study of God's word, observing the word of God, and teaching it. And teaching it. Now, how do you devote yourself to it? The Bible says to us in, I'm just going to quote 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse, verse 13. He said, I thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you had from us, you accepted it not as the word of man. So, when the word of God is being preached, it is important that you don't take it as it is an idea. It is important that you take, when you open scriptures, 
It's important that you are receiving scriptures as the word of God. Have you heard people say that, you know, um, I am God have been, you know, we, we've, been, we've been going back and forth on this issue. He said, when you hear the word of God, he said, they received it. Now, when you now go to James chapter 1, verse 21, James chapter 1, verse 21, that is, get rid of all filthy and evil, evil in your life and humbly accept the word of God as planted in your heart for he has the power to save your soul. So basically what he's saying is that when you come to the word of God, you have to get to a point where you humble yourself to receive the word of God. Because at times, the word of God would hit your um, the word of God will hit your beliefs. What does it take to humble yourself to receive God's word? It's to say that I may feel this way, but this is what the word of God says. That is when you are humbling yourself before the word of God. The word of God is that I read the scripture and it, it speaks about a particular thing. I don't go out and say, you know, um, uh, this thing is a bit too difficult. God understands that. That is arrogance before God. There are so many things that people think is humility before God, but it's arrogance before Him. Because if the word of God tells you something and you walk away from it, ignoring what the word of God has said, it is pride before God. See, humility before God is not prostrating. It is when he says, the word of God says, this is what my word is saying. You read it in scripture. See, I will not lie to you, there are times, and you know, I've said it a couple of times also, I struggle at times with the word of God. At times, you know, it's as if, it's as if, Somebody used a knife and cut my heartstring. And you have to take it. That's why the Bible says the word of God is a two-edged sword. It would hit you in the place where you feel you would, you know, you would, you would, you would, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it. You know, the Bible says to you, somebody has really offended you and you're reading the scriptures and the Bible says that if you want to pray before me and you know that so you and somebody have an issue, drop it and go and make amends. And you are still at the boiling point. And you come before the, you come into the church and the word of God is read and that thing drops straight in your mind. You will go, ah, no, God, but you, but you, but you, to God, that is pride rising up. Humility to God is, God, this is difficult, but help me. Pride is, I can't do it, and I don't care. 
So one of the ways by which the word of God can benefit us is when we, we, we learn to humble ourselves before the word of God. God will grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, as far as the apostles were concerned, the development of a Christian, how a Christian, you can measure the maturity of a Christian, is the aspect of how well they feed on the Word of God. How well they feed on the Word of God. So the Bible says in Matthew, in, in Acts chapter 17, verse 11 to 12, it said, now, um, now the barbarian Jews were more of noble character than those in Thessalonians. For they received the, the message, the word of God, with eagerness. And when they received God's word, the Bible says that they went home and they began to examine the scriptures. And see, it is important that you develop the habit of examining. See, you cannot examine scriptures if you don't, if you don't even bother to read it. Whatever anybody says to you, just take it. In fact, you might even hear, you can even hear God say something. And if you are not guided by his word, you will still fall short. I'll give you an example. The Bible says, and see, let's, you know, the Bible says that, okay, you get a vision. Let's get, if somebody gets a vision, not here, but you know, generally you've had it before, that somebody's mom, is the witch that is trying to hold down our destiny. As an example, it could be true. That is the word, prophecy from God. If you now dishonor that spirit, you are falling short of scripture. So you cannot see people who will obey that prophecy and take everything and avoid that parent in all dimensions. And yet their life will not move forward because they have received the word but they have not examined it through scriptures. So what that person ought to do is to still honor that parent. But follow it prayerfully. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, at times, at times, one of the things that happen in terms of prophecy, God, a prophetic word may come, but because you have not learned to examine it through scriptures, see how I know that parents are, how cut off everything, nothing, they will never have access to anything. Yes, I used to tell, I used to tell people, the Bible says, parents, do not offend your children. He now said, children, honor your parents. He did not say, honor your parents when? So everybody has his own rule to play. 
Does it make sense? So, you know, it is important. And that's why at times when people bring prophetic words, it is not that that prophetic word is wrong. But the application has to be run through thorough scriptures or else you would find yourself in a hotter mess than what you are in. You know, I know there are some extremes. Like, you know, and this is where, this is where, this is where when people don't, we don't try to examine scriptures well. You know, somebody, are you, okay, I'll give you a practical example in the Bible. David. David knew that Saul wanted to kill him. But David also knew that Saul was anointed, even though an evil spirit was upon him. The only way David could navigate that journey is by scriptures. If David had killed Saul, Saul would not have had the opportunity to pronounce him as king. Saul pronounced David as king before David became king. Because when, when, when David caught his, his garments and showed and said, you know, Saul, I could have killed you. And Saul said, ah, you came so close to me and you did not kill me. He said, and Saul said, now I have seen. Now surely I am convinced that you would become the king of Israel. It was after then that he became king of Israel. So with all the anointing, and that is why at times, it is important that you analyze things through scriptures. You analyze things through scriptures. Juggle things. The Bible says, it says, it says they, they were more noble than other Christians. Why? Because after they had the word, they went to they went to they went to process it through scriptures. I've seen at times when people would, you know, that is why at times your battles never end. Because, ah, but I have fasted, I have prayed. At times, it is because they have not taken time to process it through scriptures. <laughs> Let me give you another example. That was a day I went to a house, we had a prayer. And that was a prophecy that came and God said that they should pray for everybody that did vigil in that house and that we should um, anoint people for protection. It was supposed to be a special prayer. Now, everybody in that environment who were looking towards me or somebody that was more, that appeared to be more spiritual to do the prayer for everyone. And I said to people, no. The, the, the father of this house will do the prayer for. Everyone will kneel down. Whether you are a prophet or senior apostle, you will kneel down, he will anoint you. 
I could see the faces. In fact, there was an expression that, ah, this man cannot, he doesn't know how to pray. I said, the man may not know how to pray, but let him do it. That man prayed the prayer just one sentence that day. But you know what happened? Somebody went in trance afterwards and God spoke. God said, it's, when you go to another person's house, it is the man of the house. See, I used to tell people, ah, see, there's some pastors or prophets. Because you don't understand or we don't judge by scriptures your spiritual jurisdiction. So you go to somebody's house, you are doing prayer, screaming, and the man that God has put as the sh shepherd over the house. I'm not saying if somebody is not a believer, that's, that's not, somebody who's a Christian, but they don't know how to pray strong prayer that you are praying. So you now bring all your anointing, you now come to somebody's house, and start to say, let me call, let me call, and they say, what time of what? See, <laughs> oh God. Because you don't learn to process things scripturally. Somebody called me once. Somebody said, a lady called me once. He said, he said, my husband wants to give a child a particular name. I said, okay. No, no, he started by saying, ah, our general overseer, not our uh, the general overseer of, of that church. The general overseer was, was a spiritual, and I honored this man in all that interventions. In my heart, honestly, I do. He said, he said to us that God has said that this child shall be called this name. I said, what is the name your husband wants to call that child? He said, but he said, that is the problem. He's saying this. I said, but my spiritual father said, this is the name. I said, that is what you don't understand. So you can add the name to it. But that child will be called by the name the father pronounces. Why? If you go to the scriptures, that's why I said, when you process things through scriptures, the Bible says that if a woman, sorry, a child, let's put it, a child, the Bible says if a child makes a covenant, that's if a child makes a covenant, and 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 um, so I'm trying to uh, and the Bible says that and and that's and 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 God 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 wants to reverse that covenant over that child. The Bible says if the father says no, the Bible says that God would if so, yes, the Bible says that if a child comes before God and makes a pledge, a covenant to God, and the father says, I am against that that's a covenant. The Bible says God himself will release that child. So, God is saying, I will not break the rules of God. So, you know that you are anointed. See, there's a prophet that said that they are under attack. <laughs> if you go to where you don't have jurisdiction, you will get attacked for free. <laughs> Honestly. See, I'm not saying that I have fair share of attack here, but most of the attack that people see, <laughs> there are somebody that, you know, you know, 
was a member of the church, and the church, and I was the person was speaking to me about this huge attack that they get, and I said, I said there is something wrong. I said your pastor doesn't have this kind of attack. So how come you are having that kind of attack? Something is wrong. So are you sure you are not passing your boundary? Because see, there are some things that, and that's what I'm trying to say, processing things through scriptures. Processing things through scriptures. Or else, you would, you would run into issues. I'm not saying as a Christian there would be challenges that would arise. But don't, don't look for trouble. And at times we don't know genuinely, but the reason why we don't know at times is because we don't understand the boundaries of scripture. And I told, and I thank God that God spoke that day. And I told someone, I said, if that man of the I'm not saying the wife can be the prayer, prayer warrior of the house. But if that man just says, God bless this prayer in the name of Jesus, that word carries more strength than all the prophets that are gathered in that house and are shaking the whole building. It sounds challenging, but that is scriptures. So I said, go, and so I took out two scriptures. I said, that is the Bible. I understand what your spiritual father said, but that is the Bible. So please, follow scriptures. Daddy will understand as God gives daddy grace. You know what I'm saying? So you know, it is not, God can pronounce a child, a name for a child, don't get me wrong. But that's a name. Why? See, when, when, why did the angel go and um, after I spoke to, um, what's it called? After I spoke to Mary, he went to appear to Joseph. When, when Samson, so when, when Samson was to be born, the mother was the first person that the angel appeared to. She went to be the father. The father said, if he's an angel of God, he will come again. What did the angel do? He came again. It is, it is, what they will, will talk about that, jurisdiction and authorities. It is not, see, let me tell you one thing. If a church says, don't put, don't put shoes, bring shoes in, and you decide, to wear shoes in, you are in trouble. You can, okay, let me put, I think we can give two examples and then I'll just move on from there. There was a lady that came in, some people come in here, there was a lady that came in, even the guy that came in, the lady that came in and she didn't, she was never been to a white government church before. So people were, I said, no, no, deeper. What is paramount is Jesus, not the white government. You are first a Christian before you become a CNS member. I was him saying, ah, I am CNS from heaven. No, you are a Christian. These are things that people don't understand. People try to, you know, this is why I was saying some of the guys that 
I was having a conversation with yesterday. We're having, you know, it's one of those that I run some scripts. We have scriptural talks. It's in the States. So we're having, we had a chat for like an hour. I said, there's many things I have to run through people that are close to me because, <laughs> see, you are, I know all these spiritual things. Ah, if you, a Jeremy, can you pull See, if you are a CNS member and you are not part of the body of Christ by salvation, you are not a Christian. You are a CNS member. But you are not a member of the Church of Christ. Can I even say that you cannot be a CNS member except you are forced a member of the Church of Christ? So that means that if you are in the CNS and you don't, you are not part of the body of Christ, you are not in the CNS in the first place. You are just putting on white. God help us. You know, I was, God has been said times in that number that you do teachings on, on the doctrine of on, on the doctrine of science. And I would do it, God will help us. Amen. You get what I'm trying to say? The white garment from the visual, from the picture in Mount Transfiguration, it is a celebration of what is inside. That is what the white garment is about. The white garment does not make you holy. It is just a reminder and a consciousness of what you carry inside. There are so many things that are, ah, God help us with CNS. <laughs> you know, the first, Yashadra uh, was still, what, I don't know what they call it in English, but you know. Um, basically, it was the most basic thing. That was the first thing they sold as CNS. And the reason behind it was to ensure that nobody was different from another. You could not identify who you read from who is poor. Now, <laughs> just see them as the helper from the leader. You say, ah, I want it. So then what is the point? That was not why the garment was made. So there are so many things that, you know, see, one, and again, as you go through, there is nothing in the CNS that cannot be processed through scriptures. Nothing. Anything that cannot be processed through scriptures was not part of CNS initially. That's right. People may be offended, but those watching online. See, let me tell you that I've said it a couple of times. Somebody came to me and God said, there will be a day that you will be preaching in a place, somebody will stand up and slap your face. So be prepared for that day. And I knew it would come. I went to put somewhere. I said, the worst thing is say, don't come here again. Hey, they will go somewhere. <laughs> they will go somewhere else. It's as simple as that. You know? They want to offend people, but you know, they are just, you know, it's for us to understand what the vision of the founder was. His heart for Christ. And things that were done to kind of adjust things. If you look at if you look at the beginning, you know, there are certain things, you know, and that's why I'm talking about processing it through scripture. If somebody says that God said that this person is the most senior apostle king, okay, where in scriptures did that come from? But if you don't understand the history of the fold, that at the beginning, 
the church started. Babaladra. Ayabaladra. Babaladra was never a title. It was never a title. Only Bolade would normally gather people and they pray. So when people are saying Ibo Lelo in those days, either you go to Babalawu or you go to Babaladra. That was what happened. It was never a title. Now it is an office. <laughs> that is why the lowest title in the CNS group is Aladura. And the highest title is Aladura. So it's like a bugger. You don't keep putting, 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 and it keeps going up, going up, going up. We had challenges in the fold where everybody was coming in and there was issues around people who were coming and things like that. And the best thing they could do was to bring the organogram of the railway system in those days into the church to try to put some structures in place. That's why you have senior, most senior things like a captain and the rest. They are all railway, railway organogram. Go through the Nigerian railway system organogram and you will see the CRS structure. It's exactly the same. It was just their own best way to put structure in place. Now we've railway got this shit. God help us in Jesus' name. So what I'm trying to say is this. It's important that we begin to process things through scriptures for us to be able to grow well. I am not against those who have it, but at least know why you have it. And if somebody says, I'm not interested in it, you understand where they're coming from. You know, if you are an evangelist, I told you, I told, I've said a couple of times that when we started God help us, by the time we have people in positions, if you are going to be an evangelist, there is no evangelist that sits in church every Sunday. What are you doing here? You have to go after souls. When evangelism started, and we'll tell you we are doing bit by bit, I'll say that you know, when we have a property, like a proper uh, you know, group, I will assign you hope personally to groups outside the church. There are evangelists that go to prison. So go to prison, let that body give us a, a, a report of how your progress is as an evangelist. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because even when you're a doctor, nobody carries certificate for 10 years and, and there's no examination. God help us in Jesus' name. So that's why we don't, we don't talk about the fold as such. But you know, God help us in Jesus. So the Bible says here in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2, verse 20, 42. Sorry, I apologize that we don't have the slides up. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And fellowship and breaking of bread. Now, when you read, when you read, when you read the NKJV, it will tell you that they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. What is doctrine? They call doctrine dogma. What does it mean? It means that it is a consistent pattern of teaching. There is, there is a when that teaching is going on, the teachings of the apostles. It is a consistent. It is a proper teaching. It is not. It is not one verse of Bible today, another verse of Bible tomorrow. There is a proper, a process of of, of teaching in place. 
where you can ask questions. That is why the Bible study on Wednesdays is important. Where you can ask questions, you can, you can grow your faith. You can bring what you don't understand and say, can we teach this? Can we explain this? Because that is where you grow. The Bible says that they did it continually. When you read Acts chapter 11 verse 24, the Bible says they, that says they found him and was brought to them in Antioch. It was, it was, it was that for, it was, it was, it was that for a whole year when they assembled with the church and taught great many people. So basically, the disciples, they, when, they, when people come to Christ, they taught them constantly all through the year, every single day. Why? Because it is a progressive teaching. But now one of the challenges we have is that people just quote scriptures, a verse or scripture, and you, you pull it and you, you know, I'll give you an example. Jeremiah chapter um, 29 verse 11. Is it nine, 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 it says that the Bible says that uh, the Bible says that I know my thoughts towards you, not of good and not and evil, but to bring you to a hope and expect it. Do we have do we have anybody who can open for me in, in, in scripture? Sorry. Just want to just point out something to you. And that is Jeremiah 29 11, is it? So Jeremiah 29 11. Yes, sir. For I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. Declares the Lord. Yes. Plans to prosper you. Plans, please note the word to prosper you. And not to harm you. And not to Now that is that is a scripture that we quote. But before you got to that verse 11, Esther, please can you read verse 7 for us, sir? Verse 7. Yes, sir. Also, yes. seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Yes. To which I have carried you into exile. The place, the country you are living, seek the peace and prosperity of that land. Yes, sir. Pray to the Lord for it. Pray to the Lord for that land. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So you are not praying for the nation. You are not praying for the country. You are saying, I know my plans to, you know my plans towards you, to prosper. God is saying, where? Read your Bible. See the people that you say, Oh, yeah, send your prayer. I know my plans towards you. Oh, yeah, pray. They say, Pray for the nation. <laughs> it is because there is no pattern, consistent teaching of scriptures. I can show you a couple of verses in scripture that people will quote, and if you read from the beginning, because there is no consistent teaching. That's why you can have places, sadly, in, 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 in Nigeria, where people would pray for prosperity, yet nothing will come. Because it is the seeking of the peace and prosperity of that land that will bring your own prosperity. So you can do BGT next year. But when the scriptures is not being taught in a consistent pattern, Sorry, in the, you know, there is a thing you can follow it up. They can deal with one topic for three days, five days. 
That is why one of the challenges I have, and I've said it, you know, I, I, I pray that God will raise more, more of us that we, you know, we, we thank God for what the Bible study is going, and people sharing, I'm really impressed how people are handling scriptures. But one thing I'm trying to say is that, you know, it is, it is in our world that you see there's a particular place that I know they have, they will have about, is it 13 preachers or 40 preachers in a year? Yeah. Or in a year. Do you know what that would be? Total confusion. This one will come, say, so. Will that come tomorrow? Say something contrary to the one that I said before? And you just, you know, I used to tell people, please, I am, I am truly, my heart is serious. But it is better you test something out. Why is it that in Pentecostal church, you only have two or three people, and you have the members, the way they grow in scripture is huge. But in our family, we have 20, 30 preachers. And go and test the knowledge of scripture there. Because it is not the place of everybody come and say your own. It's not the place of everybody come and say your own. See, it is God. And as I say, I am impressed at what I'm seeing coming through the Bible study. Now, if you people want to teach in Bible study that they want to do PowerPoints, they want to break down scripture and say, yes, no, this, is, this, this, this is the way it ought to be. It's not that, what are they saying today? Mm, and me more. I've experienced it before when a very senior prophet was teaching one day. In my Bible, I like it. Psalm 35 verse. What is all this rubbish? Said no. Okay, go to Exodus. Fast. Woe to him that eh? No, 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 no. God is still at work. I said Jesus Christ. What is all of this? You know. Go to them, you know, and I began to read. He said, Ah, go to the last verse, go to the last verse. You know, it is because we don't understand that the growth of people depend on the purity of the law. That's why the Bible, that's why in the Bible, those that Jesus went after was the Pharisees and the teachers. Because they determine what will happen to the rest. That's why Paul said, please, I beg of you that all of you should not be teachers. Don't you know that those who teach will, will be judged more strictly than those that listen? Why? Because they determine a lot of things. God will help us in Jesus' name. You know, I don't want to go into it because... And Jamie did a lot of things around, around, around that. I was, I, was, I was thinking about this morning. I was like, God, you look as if I'm popping with him. <laughs> God, God, help us in Jesus' name. You know? Um, so, 
the Bible says that in the church, he said, he, 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 he said that they were, they were listening. And you always see Jesus. Jesus, when Jesus is talking, he's always referring back to scriptures. Jesus will say that, is it not written in your scriptures? Is it not written in your soul? Even Jesus himself, whatever he did, he was tying himself back to scriptures. He was tying himself back to scriptures. Now, I'm just going to just read this scripture for us, because my time is almost is, is far spent. Ephesians chapter 4. When I saw this, I was like, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 to 15. Maybe we read from verse 11. I don't have it here, but maybe from verse 11. The Bible says that he gave some. So Christ himself yes, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, mm -hmm. the pastors, yes. and teachers yes. to equip his people for works of service. Now, to equip. So he gave some pastors, prophets, apostles to equip the saints for the work of ministry. We said this over and over again. The apostles are not the ones doing work of ministry. It is the saints that are doing work of ministry. So it is their job to equip you so that you can do what God has called you to do. But now, what are we doing? People are, we are the ones doing everything. But it is your job to equip them so that they can do what God has called them to do. I'm happy when I hear people talk about, oh, I, I went to work, I shared something with my colleagues about the scripture. They are, they are, they are the one reaching out. Yes, sir. So that the body of Christ may be built up. Yes. Until we all reach unity in the faith. Yes, sir. And in the knowledge of the Son of God. So God bless you, sir. So that means that the whole aim of what we are all doing is to ensure that people come to the knowledge of who Christ is. I shared with somebody yesterday, I said, a doctrine that does not lead you to Christ is a demonic doctrine. I am not saying that you do not see it in the spirit. When they put the snake the rod of uh, the bronze snake. That snake was a vision given by God. But that snake now became a God in itself. Whereby it blinded people's view of Christ. And that snake became a demonic object. So you can receive something from God. And yet it translates into a demonic object. So at times people are saying, yes, but they got this from God. Yes, he got it from God. But what you are carrying now is the money. Now when you when you make people feel that, you know, if you don't, you know, for example, the doctrine that says that the white garment is, is salvation is the money. Jesus paid for his Pay for your price, not your white garment. But you can serve God 
in the beauty of his holiness, celebrating him using a white garment. I know that people will not, you know, <laughs> hallelujah. But I'm just saying, you know, so what we are trying to say is that it is our job to equip you. So the aim is to equip you to the point where you can, you, the Bible, so if you from verse 10, it said the aim of Christ was to fill the whole world with himself. So the way God wants to fill the whole world with himself is that the apostles, the prophets, and they equip people in the knowledge of Christ. So if I, you know, Jesus said something. Jesus said, if you see me cast out demons by the finger of God, what did he say? He said, the kingdom of God is near you. Is that what he said? So that means a demon can be cast out in you or near you. It is only a sign that there is something happening which is the kingdom of God. But you may not be part of that kingdom. It's a different way to enter the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God near you. So you can have, I can be ministering and people casting out demons and every one of them after the service, God forbid if anything happens, they are all going to hell. Because I have forgotten to introduce them into the kingdom. I have only just brought kingdom near them. Does that make sense? God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, one of the benefits as we just, you know, um, move this to an end is that is that is, is that is that as you as you um, you know we, we went for that he said he said they should the aim should be to observe the, the so to study and to observe. So that means you have to dedicate yourself to learn to study the word of God. There are different ways by which you can study. One, you can get a very good teacher to listen to. I listen to Billy Akane, I listen to a couple of people who are sound teachers. I'm not saying you have to listen to him. You know, there are some books that I read. My wife, my wife, of course, for cutting my wife said, ah, I can't read this book. No, I don't, you know. Then when they were selling some Saturday, is a book. That when, when people, in those days, you know, when people want to buy, people buy that book, they will not buy that book. Because how will you buy it? You want to cry? No, just, just leave it for them. You know what I'm saying? So there are teachers out there. There are teachers out there. But it's important for you to be able to know what is right. See, I too almost fell. You know that I almost fell? I almost fell for a teacher recently. I saw this man, he, he predicted the death of. Tim Joshua, and he predicted it accurately. He mentioned his name even days to the time of the day. He said, This person is going to pass this person, this, 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 and this, and things like that. And I said, ah, Okay, <laughs> this guy, this guy is really. <laughs> Until when I I saw the video, someone was doing a critic, I listened to a guy, he's South African, he does critical of the scriptures and doctrine and things like that. And I was seeing this man saying that he is Jesus Christ. Uh -uh. <laughs> See, he's Jesus Christ, and that you know, he knows that people will say that he's a false Christ, he's a false prophet. 
He said, because because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, false Christ will appear. He said, he said, he said the problem you don't you have is that I wrote it. So when he was going to destroy everything, he said that he said he said he said I am releasing um, cherubims from heaven to come and give people blessings. So the first five million people that subscribed to my Facebook, this Jesus was sitting lead following. <laughs> And the sad thing is, I think that video must have been done about six months ago and things like that. Is is YouTube subscribers is about ten thousand? So you know, are not even taking on the offer. <laughs> you cannot try to But what I'm trying to say is that when I first of all had the problem, I go, ah, maybe this guy has something. That is why you need to examine people's teaching. You need to examine, or else you will follow a false teacher without knowing it. We did this some time ago, and we might look at it later on. There are differences between, most of the time, the problem is that when we see a bad prophet, we call them false prophets. There is a bad prophet who is bad at their job, but they are not false. He can give you 10 prophecies and only one will, will do the it just needs training. It needs to be better. You can say a false prophet that will give you 100% prophecy accurate. And it's false. And it's for a false prophet. So, that one. We told you. And now I'm not going to show me. And it's, 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 it's the genuine one there. But the other ones are false. But because they are accurate, then you follow that one. Because we cannot differentiate between a good a bad prophet and a false prophet. I told you, I too almost fell it. I said, until I saw I am Jesus. Ah, <laughs> I don't even want to hear anything else you have to say. You're a proper false prophet. False prophet. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I just want to just share the mind of Peter to um, um Peter to us. There's a poem. Acts chapter 20. From verse 27. He said, For I don't shrink from declaring all that what God wants you to know. Acts 20. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay. Acts 20, 27 to 32. He said, So, Guard yourselves. Guard yourselves, God's people. Guard yourself and God's people. Feed the feed and shepherd the flock of his church, which he purchased with his own blood. Over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. Now I'm reading the NLT version. Now, verse 29 says, For false teachers like virtuous vicious wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Now, what do they call them? False teachers. They will come among you. They will not spare anyone. Now, the Bible says, even some men from 
among your group will rise up to distort the truth. See, one of the challenges we have at times is that when people, you see, we allow false teaching slide. Yes. It doesn't really matter. Oh, that is their version of what the gospel is. And we don't understand. See, this is what wolves do when they come in. You will know they are wolves. That's why I said they are teachers. But what they will do, they will give false things to the extent that they will tear the creases apart. The evil spirit will not be able to come as vultures and feed on the carcass. So they weaken the body of Christ by introducing false teaching. And once that false teaching is already embedded, then it's a free flow. So I can't his evil spirits parading in place. It is because they did not come first. False teaching came first, weakened the whole environment. Then they begin to feast on people. That is why I tell people: if you see a place that is having all sort of demonic, this demonic that, what you need to first make sure you fix is the pulpit. Because if the pulpit is protected, then gradually things will go. But if you are if you are chasing the vultures away, it's as if you are chasing, you know, for those who are living in this country, you may not understand. In Nigeria, there's you know, there's some water that will gather in your house. No matter how much how many raid you used to chase flies away, if that water is still water is still there, gathered around your house, they will still come. So why, when you gather the, the flies away, you make sure you wipe out the environment so that even if they come, they cannot have, they will not be comfortable to stay within that environment. But when the pulpit is knocked down and false teaching begins to come forth that has no scriptural backing, false teachings like, you know, it is not, Jesus is not the only way. There is, you know, it is everybody can serve any kind of God. When the Bible, Jesus said, I am the way. What the way means is that when I say, go and bring the boy, that means there is a particular boy. That means that if you bring any other one, it doesn't make it. But what I'm just heading this way as we as we go into our prayers is that the apostles came under intense pressure. The Bible was saying that they told them, they said, we are not angry with you about preaching, doing miracles, but just don't preach in the name of Christ. So basically, do any other thing. You're, you're, I'm, I'm saying this because we are all church members so that we can check See, at times we, we cannot differentiate what the major goal of a church is. That's why I went there Ephesians chapter 4. It's as if Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola as they are they have now, thanks to Ronaldo, they sponsor football, they sponsor different kind of games, they do loads of good things around the world. Now, if Coca-Cola now says that we are not going to produce Coke again, all we're going to be doing is just sponsoring shareholders who withdraw their money. 
job of the church, the essence of the church, is not to make give food for people. If you give Jesus gave food for people after he made sure the gospel was preached. preached. Yes. The charity the church does is an expression mm -hmm. of the life of the kingdom of God. Does this make sense to us? So at times, you can now set up events and the gospel is not being preached. I can remember I, I was privileged to, to lead a, a group at the time in a particular church. And, and I told them one thing. I said, they were saying, let's do this for the kids. Let's do this for them. I said, everything that you have told telling them to do, they can get it in, what's it called? In the community center. When somebody walks through a church, they know what they're expecting. So don't let somebody deceive you to think that they are here to come and watch TV. They know what they're expecting. So what we need to do is to make sure that they are as the apostles did. It's not that we will not do any other thing, but the priority is the word and prayer. And those two things we have to protect it. The last thing I'm just going to share because my time has gone is sharing the word of God. Every Christian does not have to teach on the pulpit. But every Christian is called to share the gospel. You may not preach, but you are called to share the gospel. There are different avenues of sharing the gospel. There are people that God is counting on you to reach out for him. There are people who are under wolves and God is calling you to share the gospel to them. A guy called me one day, their church was having a debate and church leaders were arguing about Jesus is not the only way. There's a Jehovah, there's a Yehudu, there's a Hawufu, there's a Hawufu. Sorry, it's Tracy. say sorry. You know, there are, there are white witches, there are black witches, and everybody's not, you know, it's just, it's just. Elders, not even church members, elders were hiding during Bible study. They are under wolves. And that's what people don't know. They're devouring people. So God, if somebody who knew your friend will call you and say, I had this in my church. It's your, at least the best you can do for them is to guide them right. And say, you know what, that is no scriptures. Let's go through scriptures. So please, you may not be called to preach, but you are called to share the gospel. The problem at times is that everybody wants to preach. And we are all left our duty post. I share this in the scriptures with us. The Bible talks about Stephen in the Bible. That Stephen in Acts, Stephen was sharing, that was it called, was sharing food in the Bible. But when you read the Bible later on, Stephen gave the greatest sermon in the book of Acts. Why was he not preaching the church? Because he wasn't called to preach in the church. He was called to share the gospel. Ryan Bonke, God, God bless his soul. Ryan Bonke never, was never a pastor in his church. 
is citizens of yet by a donkey led millions in Africa to Christ. If it were to be any other person, they would have built churches in Africa. At times when God has called you to be, you have left it chasing pulpit. And the, what the pulpit is willing to make you do is to equip you so that you can go and do that what God has called you to do. So God may call you to, to minister to the sick. When you come into the church, you sit down, you get, you get refreshed so that you can go out and get out. May God grant us blessing. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.